Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonabello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sometimes life can feel like a pressure cooker. From our work life to our personal lives and relationships, there's so much to balance. It's easy to feel weighed down when you're experiencing anxiety, stress, or sadness. Guess what? You are not alone. Support is all around you. No matter where you are, all you need to do is ask. Let us help you find a community at churchescare.com. Churches are communities of care. Go to C-H-U-R-C-H-E-S-Care.com to explore the possibilities. Churchescare.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Welcome, everyone, to Too Good to Be True, and of course, thank you to all the listeners. Are you ready for a really different show about planet Earth? Before we start getting into details, let's just briefly talk about psychic insight and how we apply it. Yeah, we choose a subject, then research it. Based on that research, we determine what we think needs to be explained by creating a series of questions. Then Justina provides psychic insight to answer those questions. At the end of the process, we have psychic insight into a subject. At that point, it is a question of individual belief. Now, let's go through the disclaimers. Here are the disclaimers. Neither of us claim to have any expertise in any subjects that we discuss. We relate information we find through research and the psychic insight. We are always delighted to hear from the listeners. The show only lasts an hour. We don't have the time to present exhaustive research on any topic. This means that there will be information that we miss. We want to provide a basis for the psychic insight. We don't care if a theory turns out too good to be true, as the show name suggests. We are only interested in finding out more of the truth about topics. Spirit can only relate insight that is appropriate for our time in history. Free will cannot be affected. Only comments that are appropriate for our time can be given through the psychic insight. Much of the show matter will have already been covered again and again in other shows. We want to look into subjects in a new, different way and be thought-provoking. We are not good with pronouncing names, and we apologize. And neither of us are geologists or geophysicists. We don't claim anything more than general knowledge about the Earth. Thank you, Justina. You originally chose the subject of Pompeii. It's difficult to talk about volcanoes without talking about earthquakes and without explaining that the Earth isn't just a rock orbiting the sun. So in other episodes, we have heard that the Earth has consciousness based on psychic insight, including the ability to create crop circles. On July the 6th of this year, an article appeared on the website Natural Blaze entitled, Scientists Now Believe the Universe Itself May Be Conscious. Mathematician and physicist Sir Roger Penrose believes consciousness arises from the properties of quantum entanglement, meaning that particles separated in space may behave dependently. That is to say, consciousness is possible in terms of quantum physics. Our lives and well-being depend on a healthy planet. Right now, there seems to be no better the time to try and understand more about our living planet. 
Aside from our need for conservation, including the rainforests, the coral reefs and other ecosystems, I would like to better understand how the planet functions. I've never really understood how gravity works. Any normal person would think about gravity as a means of keeping everything from not floating off the planet and leaving it at that. Yeah, before getting into gravity, let's think about the Earth's behavior. I think it would be helpful to describe a little about the Earth, how the Earth is constructed. In this way, we can see why volcanoes and earthquakes happen, as well as better understanding shifting of the poles. Given all the predictions on Earth changes, we need to think a little bit about how the Earth is made up. But let's please keep all the physics and geographic stuff short and interesting. But it is fascinating that most of the planet isn't solid, but is very hot liquid. Yeah, the Earth's surface is not continuous. It's like a cracked eggshell. The islands of the Earth's crust are known as tectonic plates. Uh, tectonic only means associated with the Earth's crust. There are eight major plates which are associated with the continents and the Pacific Ocean, as well as 10 minor plates plus multiple microplates. Underneath the plates is the magma, which is essentially molten rock. That's lava when seen on the surface. So we have islands of hard material, which can be up to 50 miles or 80 kilometers thick, floating on top of stuff like molten candy. Where, plate, where plates meet and one passes under another, the magma is much nearer the surface and volcanoes occur. Plates meeting one passing under another is also worst case for earthquakes. When plates are trying to move against each other and get stuck, force builds up. When the force reaches a point when the plates become unstuck and then move, an earthquake occurs. All that built-up force has to go somewhere. At the San Andreas Fault in California, the Pacific Plate and the North American Plate are trying to grind past each other. Convection in the magma under the plates is thought to cause the movement of the plates. The magma becomes hotter and hotter as you go further below the surface. You would expect the material to be more liquid as you get towards the center, but that's not how the Earth is made, is it? So what is under the magma? Below the crust of the magma is the core, and the core has two parts. The solid inner core believed to be made of iron, with the outer core believed to be composed of a nic molten nickel-iron alloy. The inner core spins at a different speed than the rest of the planet. This difference in speed is given as the reason why the Earth has a magnetic field. How do we know for sure what the planet is made of? How do we know how hot the Earth is at its center? The center of the Earth, according to the Smithsonian website, is 10,800 degrees Fahrenheit or 6,000 degrees Celsius, which is about the same temperature as the surface of the sun. Iron melts at 2,800 Fahrenheit or 1,500 degrees C and is magnetic only at temperatures below 1060 Fahrenheit or 570 degrees Celsius, which is below the Curie point. Sounds like the Earth must have a liquid, non-magnetic center at those temperatures, but the explanation of the solid core comes down to the effects of pressure. But let's continue about some general information about the Earth and then getting into later the psychic insight and the questions after the short break. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 
401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we were talking a little bit about the Earth and what the Earth is actually made of. And I just want to add that the Smithsonian website acknowledges that getting an accurate idea of the Earth's core properties is a huge challenge. Yeah, on the same website, there's an account of a French research team that recreated conditions at the core by putting crushed iron between two pieces of diamond. Then they shot it with a laser. The apparatus produced massive pressures and superheated temperatures. That is to say, pressure can keep hot materials solid. Heat at the core rises from within by friction and by radioactive decay, and remaining heat from the planet forming 4.5 billion years ago. It doesn't seem clear how the Earth creates a magnetic field at those temperatures. The magnetic field serves a number of purposes, including protecting the Earth from charged particles from the sun, known as solar wind, and from cosmic rays. Solar wind would destroy the ozone layer, layer, which protects us from harmful ultraviolet rays, whereas cosmic rays can be thought of as harmful radiation. What happens if there's a pole shift? Why does a pole shift matter? Pole shifts certainly mattered in Edgar Cayce's prophecies. Here's a reading, 3976-15, which we also included in another episode. And I quote, The greater portion of Japan must go into the sea. The upper portion of Europe will be changed as in the twinkling of an eye. Land will appear off the east coast of America. There will be the upheavals in the Arctic and in the Antarctic that will make for the eruption of volcanoes in the torrid areas. And there will be shifting then of the poles. So that where there has been those of frigid or semi-tropical will become the more tropical and moss and fern will grow, end quote. I wonder if Casey is referring to a magnetic or geographic pole shift. The geographic poles are defined by the central rotation or spin of the planet. The geographic, geographic and magnetic poles are not located at the same places. The magnetic north pole is south of the geographic north pole, by approximately a thousand miles or 1600 kilometers. The southern magnetic and geographical poles have similar distances apart. The California Institute of Technology, NASA Jet Propulsion Laboratory website, reports on geographical pole shifting. Here are two interesting quotes. Here's the first one Earth's spin axis drifts slowly around the poles. The farthest away it has wobbled since observations began is 37 feet or 12 meters. These wobbles don't affect our daily life, but they must be taken into account to get accurate results from GPS, Earth-observing satellites, and observatories on the ground, unquote. Here's the second quote. Around the year 2000, Earth's spin axis took an abrupt turn towards the east and is now drifting almost twice as fast as before at a rate of almost 7 inches or 17 centimeters a year. It's no longer moving towards Hudson Bay, but instead toward the British Isles. The shifting in the article was attributed to changes in land water storage in Eurasia as in aquifers, rather than being due to ice melting. Wobbles over about the last 100 years have also been attributed to land water storage. Changing the subject a little, what about magnetic pole reversal? Yeah, the NASA website has an article dated November the 30th, 2011, entitled 2012 Magnetic pole reversal happens all the geological time. Over the last 20 million years, magnetic pole reversal occurs about every 200,000 to 300,000 years. But this hasn't happened for about 780,000 years. So we are overdue. What happens to the planet when there is a magnetic pole reversal? Apparently, the flip takes up to 10,000 years to complete. The problem is that the Earth's magnetic field weakens during the change of polarity with less protection from solar wind and cosmic rays. That would suggest that life on Earth would not be protected by the atmosphere as it is now. 
There doesn't seem to be agreement on what could have been the effects of the last reversal. Why don't you go on to the subject of gravity? Yeah, Newton's law explains what happens, but I don't really know how one object exerts a force on another. Uh, author David Wilcock, in his book, The Source Field Investigations, described gravity as being the source field providing a downward force, while at the same time providing a weaker upward force from the Earth, giving the net effect of gravity. The source field in, his, in the book is the energy from the source that creates space, time, matter, energy, biology, and consciousness. I don't know about the source creating everything, including gravity, but this is what NASA has to say when answering the question, what is gravity? And I quote, we don't really know. We can define what it is as a field of influence because we know how it operates in the universe. And some scientists think that it is made up of particles called gravitons, which travel at the speed of light. However, if we are to be honest, we do not know what gravity is in any fundamental way. We only know how it behaves, end quote. With that, I think it's time to move on. Why don't you talk about early maps? Yeah, moving on to ancient maps that seem to have been created before their time. There is a web website, Ancient Code, that includes nine ancient maps that should not exist. As an example, I'll quote the article from the Bausch, which is B-A-U-C-H-E map. Uh, here's the quote. Published in 1737 by Philip Philippe Bausch, the Bausch map is believed to have been created with the use of much more ancient maps. The chart displays Antarctica well before the icy continent was in fact discovered. Interestingly, like many other ancient maps, this too accurately depicts Antarctica with no ice. The Bausch map also accurately positioned the Canary Islands. The map issued in 1737 also displays the correct outline of the underwater plateau on which the islands are located. This means that the source of the map used to create it is based on a survey of the shape before glaciers melted and ocean levels rose. Even more interesting is the fact that the Bausch map depicts the waterway which divides the continent of Antarctica into two land masses. So how were these maps created? If the website is to be believed, maps like the Bausch map are totally impossible. Captain Cook didn't even discover Antarctica until 1773, 36 years after the Bausch map. I have no clue how the maps were created, assuming they are genuine. Whether these maps are real or not, the Earth is 70% covered in water. It is interesting that human beings are made of about 70% water, but compared with the mass of the entire planet. Water is rare, only making up 0.05% of the total. When you think of water, you think of life. Obviously, there would be no life without water. But does water respond to consciousness? Uh, Masaru Emoto a Japanese professor claimed that human consciousness has an effect on the molecular structure of water. There are videos on YouTube showing examples of his experimentation. He found that in a cold room that caused some freezing, water from clear springs and water that had been exposed to loving words shows brilliant, complex, and colorful snowflake patterns. In contrast, polluted water, or water exposed to negative thoughts, forms incomplete, asymmetrical patterns with dull colors. That sounds amazing, uh, but I shouldn't form on top of water. It should form below it because solids are normally denser than liquids made of the same substance. Water is denser at 4 degrees Celsius or 39.2 Fahrenheit than at 0 degrees Celsius or 32 Fahrenheit, which explains ice on water. Our world would be very different if ice did not form on top of water. Apparently, there's a delicate balance that ensures survival on our planet. I think that the Earth being 70% covered in water possibly lies in providing for climates that are not so extreme that mankind would only survive in a few places. I think you have a point. According to NOAA, the National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Administration, the oceans are the largest solar energy collector on the planet. The oceans can absorb large amounts, a large amounts of heat without a large increase in temperature. The ability to store and release heat over long periods of time stabilizes Earth's climate. In reading 195-29, given in May 1926, Edgar Cayce described changes that would cause the Pacific Ocean's deep currents to run warmer than normal. 
changes that would affect continental weather and crops. This pattern is known as El Nino. There also is a La Nina that causes the ocean current to turn colder. These changes occur every three to seven years, but they can't be forecasted. El Nino is not very recent behavior. El Nino was originally discovered, sorry, recognized by fishermen off the coast of South America in the 1600s due to warmer than normal seawater. The question is whether we are experiencing more and more severe events. El Nino makes parts of the United States drier while other parts become wetter. La Nina tends to have the opposite effect to El Nino. Let's move on to talk about volcanoes. With 70% of the world underwater, most of the world's volcanoes, logically, should be erupting underwater. Also, most of the world's earthquakes should be underwater. According to the website Volcano World, beneath the oceans, a global system of mid-ocean ridges produces an estimated 70% of total magma. This lava creates the edges of new oceanic plates and supply heat and chemicals to some of Earth's most unusual and rare ecosystems. Yeah, there are hydrothermal vents that are created and sustained by the heat of volcanic activity at tectonic tectonic plate boundaries. Seawater seeps through the cracks in the seafloor and is heated by molten rock. This causes chemical reactions with the seawater becoming hot hydrothermal fluid jetting back into the ocean, forming a hydrothermal vent. Microbes live in the hydrothermal fluid. These microbes provide nutrition for tube worm, shrimp, and crab that live around the vents. I read somewhere that besides providing molten rock, volcanoes give off gases such as carbon dioxide, sulfur dioxide, and hydrogen sulfide. Aren't they considered to be major pollutants? This occurs under the sea as well as on land. I'm also wondering how life form in the, life in the form of microbes initially appears in these locations, which would seem hostile to any life form. Also, due to the depth of water, the pressure is incredible. I can't understand how life can exist under these conditions. We mentioned author David Wilcock earlier and the source field theory. Possibly the source field might explain how the life, how life, how the life is promoted under such hostile conditions. Apparently, conditions could exist on Mars or could have existed on Mars or one of Jupiter's moons, Europa, um, or could, or, um, sorry, I'll start it again. Apparently, conditions could exist on Mars or on one of Jupiter's moons, Europa, where past or present life of a similar type could have existed or could exist. But let's return to the subject of volcanoes and earthquakes. Edgar Casey made the following prediction connecting volcanic eruptions with earthquakes across the world. And I quote, After activities by Mount Vesuvius, Mount Pelee, the southern coast of California, the areas between Great Salt Lake and the southern portions of Nevada, we may expect, within the three months following, inuration by earthquakes more in the southern than northern hemisphere. Portions of New York or the New York City itself will disappear as well as the southern portions of Carolina, Georgia, end quote. This is scary, but Edgar Casey also said that earth changes do not have to happen. While we're on the subject of Mount Vesuvius, let's talk about the destruction of Pompeii about 2,000 years ago. I think most people know about the preserved body casts and maybe Pompeii's location. I think we'll have to talk about Pompeii and then get some answers to some of the questions we have after this break. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. 
Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we were just getting into the topic of Pompeii. And Pompeii was located near Mount Vesuvius, about five miles away. In 62 AD, Pompeii suffered an earthquake. The severity has been estimated to have a magnitude of 5 to 6.1. Shaking was reported to have continued for several days. Pompeii and the nearby town of Herculeum was severely damaged. The earthquake occurred 16 years before the volcanic eruption. Near Pompeii, the African plate passes under the Eurasian plate, leaving a means of magna being unable to reach the surface of Italy's west coast. At the time of the eruption, Pompeii may have had an estimated uh, 12,000 to 15,000 inhabitants. Herculeum may have had an estimated 4,000 to 5,000 inhabitants. Herculeum was covered in about 50 feet of volcanic material. For Pompeii, the volcanic material was different from Herculeum, being ash-like and not resembling solid rock. It did less damage and was easier for the archaeologists to dig away. The ruined city remained frozen in time until it was discovered by a surveying engineer in 1748. Pompeii is like a time capsule, with Vesuvius both destroying it and preserving it. The other volcano mentioned in Edgar Cayce's prophecy was Mount Pele. Mount Pele is on an island in the Lesser Antilles between Puerto Rico and Venezuela. In 1902, the explosion of this volcano was one of the worst in recorded history. Of 30,000 people in a nearby town, only one person survived. Animals had left the area before the eruption. There are bigger threats than even those volcanoes and any earthquakes that have been predicted to follow. An unimaginable volcanic eruption. Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Would be the super volcano at Yellowstone. I looked for which tectonic plates were interacting at Yellowstone, and apparently Yellowstone is unique. There may be a lost tectonic plate keeping a lid on the mantle, preventing eruptions. There are positive aspects of volcanoes that we haven't mentioned. Uh, we haven't mentioned. Volcanoes can be beneficial in creating new lands such as in Iceland or Hawaii and in other places around the globe. Volcanoes also provide minerals that help grow crops such as Idaho potatoes. Volcanic materials can break down and weather to form some of the most fertile soils on earth. We haven't mentioned volcanoes in people's belief systems either. Volcanoes provided, providing for good things as well as for potential disaster play into the belief of certain cultures. Possibly being respectful to Mother Nature or to various gods would calm angry volcanoes. For Mount Vesuvius, residents of nearby Naples bring forth the relics of Saint Januarius, a Catholic bishop who was martyred around AD 300. By procession through the streets and presenting the relics of the volcano, it is believed to have stopped eruptions. In Indonesia, volcanoes are also worshipped by many as the sacred home of gods. When the gods seem restless, believers make offerings of crops and animals to bring prosperity. Taking the belief that natural disasters are the result of personal behavior further, are mankind's activities of destroying and polluting the earth, including the oceans, causing the earth to respond. Maybe psychic insight can explain some of what we don't understand about the earth, and also how she is responding to being mistreated. I will ask the first question. Does the universe have consciousness? Yes. Is this in the manner of the source field as described by David Wilcock? In a way, yes. The earth we have been told has consciousness. Does that mean that the earth has a soul? 
So instead of calling it a soul, you could call it more like its own energy. So in a way, it's a soul, but not in the form that people usually think of souls. Is a greater understanding of quantum physics going to lead to greater spirituality? Yes and no. It will help convince people who only rely on different scientific information. It will convince them. However, as you know, there are still some people who don't believe even in gravity, even though everyone feels gravity. So in a way, some people, even if it's right in front of them, they still won't believe. And plus quantum theory and all that is very complicated. Is the current understanding that the Earth's structure is made of a crust, molten magma, a molten nickel iron outer core, and a solid iron inner core correct? Well, that we can say is that yes, there is magma layers in an inner core, but we can also say that the inner core has other minerals too. Is the temperature under the crust of the Earth kept constant by nuclear reactions? It's more complicated than nuclear reactions. If the Earth was completely solid, could it support life? So, the answer would be no, not in the way that life is supported with humans. Since if the Earth were completely solid, there wouldn't be the shift of different plates, and basically the oceans would not be able to exist as they are. So the water supply would be drastically changed. So if a planet is fully solid, it might be able to support life, but probably not human. Is the Earth's mag magnetic field created by the inner core spinning at a different speed than the outer core? There is more to it than that. It's more about the energy fields. How does negativity cause the Earth to have a magnetic pole shift? So basically, the Earth responds to what's going on on it. So basically, with the Earth having its own energy, it responds to the energy around it. So if you think about it, the Earth has to respond in some way, and the way it responds is moving its energy fields. So it's basically, and you can think of the Earth kind of trying a new start with its energy in a way. In Edgar Cayce's reading number 3976-15 regarding devastating Earth changes, is this, associate, is this associated with a, a geographical pole shift or a magnetic pole shift? So the thing is, that is more of a magnetic pole shift, but there will also be changes in the actual geographic location of different landmass, which is normal for the Earth as landmass does shift. Are minor, are minor geographical or minor magnetic pole shifts anything to be concerned about? No. Should mankind be worried about a magnetic pole reversal? Yes and no. If the poles do shift, there will be drastic weather effects. So that would be something to be aware of, is that the different climates may actually change because of the different magnetic fields. So you can think of it this way. Let's say the north and the south poles actually flipped. Then even the animals would have to change what they've been following. So, for example, the birds would be very confused since they would not be able to fly south for winter. They would actually have to reverse what they thought. So the weather would also be changed because of this reversal. The geographical pole shift of the year 2000 was attributed to changes in land water storage in Eurasia. Is that the correct explanation? No. What was the cause of the year 2000 geographical pole shift? Basically, it was the Earth changing. Since the hard thing is in human lifetimes, it's only about 100 years a person may live. So they may not even notice the shifting. But if you look at all of the history, the sea levels and the different landmass, and everything actually does shift depending on basically how the Earth is going to be. Have major geographical pole shifts occurred in the past, with possibly Antarctica not always being covered in ice? Yes. Can gravity be understood? Under, sorry, can gravity be understood by our current understanding of physics, or is it only explainable by the existence of a source field, as described by David Wilcock? So the problem with gravity is that people obviously know it is something real, and it can be explained by physics to an extent. But if you think about it, there has to be some type of force that is basically existing for gravity to exist. So if you think about it this way, 
if there is not some type of energy within the earth and around the earth, then gravity would not really be able to exist since you need energy to exist for gravity to be able to exist. How can gravity be explained? Basically, gravity is obviously here for a few reasons, but one is just how practical it is. If all humans are floating through the sky, this earth would be a very different place. So gravity, one, has to exist. The second thing is that the earth has its own energy and that gravity is part of this energy. Is the Bash map accurate for the time it was created? Yes. Was the Bash map created by a psychic? Yes and no. How was the Bash map created? Basically, by you could call them knowing and intuition of information. How could there have been a technology available to create the Bausch map in 1737? Basically, the technology wasn't there. It was more of not really of advanced technology, but someone who really understood what they were doing. Is it a coincidence that the Earth's surface and humans are both, are both about 70% water? No. Is there a reason for the Earth's surface and human beings both being around 70% water? Yes, because as you know, the Earth relies on humans, and humans rely on Earth. So you can think about it in a way as a balance. And that's why it's so important to take care of the Earth, is that let's say that the humans weren't here. The Earth would flourish with its plants and animals. But if the Earth wasn't here at all, humans would not be able to be here. So basically, we rely on the Earth for everything. Since obviously we are not getting anything from space or anywhere else, everything we have and everything that keeps us alive is on the earth. Is Masaru Emoto correct in that human consciousness can have an effect on the molecular structure of water? It's more about not even human consciousness, but more into energy. So this would go more into quantum theory and future discoveries. Since, as you know, there are more discoveries made every day about how water actually functions as a substance. So that's where we want to be very careful is that there is a proven science of water and there's also the side of different elements, not only water, where things have just not been discovered yet. Ice floating on water can be explained scientifically. Is this, ne is this necessary to help support life on Earth? So the thing with water is that it's very special very, very special substance, as you know. So a lot of the properties of water do not exist in other substances. So yes, ice, and not even the properties of ice itself, but the properties of water in general, is basically what makes the human body what it is. Is 70% of the Earth's surface covered in water to control the climate? Yes and no. It's more about life on this planet too. As you know, a lot of the life is actually in water. So to be able to support that life and a lot of the planet has to be covered in water. With regards to the climate, yes, in a way, there has to be a large supply of water. Otherwise, rain and other precipitation couldn't happen. So the answer is yes, it is good for climate control. But there are also other reasons why there is so much water. Does mankind's future involve complete exploration of the oceans? So it depends, as we have mentioned in a previous episode, that advancements in technology depend on what people are interested in. So if a large group of people decide they want to put their money and research in exploration of the oceans, then they will. But obviously, there's this huge debate now that should people explore space and put their money there, or should we put the money into the oceans? So it depends, again, on how many people are interested and curious about what the ocean actually holds. Okay, we'll continue with... Oh, sorry, Dad. We'll continue after this break.
This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back to Too Good to Be True. And before the break, we were going through the questions and then the psychic insight. So, Dad, can you please continue with the questions? Sure. Thanks, Justina. Have El Nino and La Nina been occurring for a very long time, say more than 2,000 years? Yes. What is the purpose of El Nino and La Nina? Basically, in a way, showing how the Earth has consciousness and the energy. So it's basically the shift, and this will sound strange, that the shift that the Earth decided on. Is life created in the depths of the oceans with the assistance of the source field as described by David Wilcock? So there are two views here. One, obviously, everything comes from source. So yes, source is directly, basically involved in the creation. So yes, that is true. There's also the second point that we know the listeners will bring up is about adaptation and how these creatures adapted to those different environments. However, in a more spiritual versus scientific sense, everything does come from source. So source was the one that allowed the animals to adapt and basically allowed them to be able to live where they can live. Is there similar primitive life to that near hydrothermal vents elsewhere in the universe? Yes. If the planet naturally produces gases such as carbon dioxide, sulfur dioxide and hydrogen sulfide, why should mankind worry about the same type of pollution? So the thing is with pollution, it's not all about what's going into the air and into the atmosphere. It's more about what is happening on the ground too. So if you think about it, the oceans are filled with plastics, gas, disgusting things. There's landfills that are just buried into the dirt and are seeping things out. So pollution is not just about what's in the air. It's about what's actually in the ground. So the thing is, is that the earth has a balance. So you can think of it as basically as this balance of life, where the earth creates certain different chemicals, minerals, etc. But in the high amounts, these can be dangerous. So pollution goes a lot farther than the dangerous things in the air. If you think about it, if humans keep doing what they are doing to the ocean, a lot of animals will die out. And if those animals die out, let's say even one, let's use this example. If all salmon dies out, humans will not be able to eat salmon anymore. And this will mess up the entire food chain, not just for the animals in the ocean, but for humans. And then humans will go and start farming more of another fish. And then that fish will be destroyed. And the food chain again is messed up. And then the process continues. So the thing is, if you don't give back to the earth and you keep on taking, 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 then eventually there will be nothing more to take. Are earthquakes or volcanic eruptions due to mankind's misuse of the planet or are they due to mankind's negativity? So it's a little bit of both. It's also the changing of the earth. So you can think of it in a way is that basically a big time of change is coming 
And that is why there's more earth activity. So yes, blessing your food, giving back to the earth will be very positive. But we can't say that even the most positive person won't be unfortunately in a natural disaster. So we can say that the earth doesn't choose who it basically interrupts their life. What we can say is that giving back to the earth and doing positive things for the earth will be positive for future changes. Was a volcanic eruption that destroyed Pompeii and Herculaneum based on a natural response of the planet, or was it a form of a punishment? So this can be viewed in both ways. So yes, it's natural since the earth does randomly do different reactions on the surface. But what we can say is that there were other factors at play too. Was the earthquake which preceded the volcanic eruption that destroyed Pompeii a form of a warning? In a way, yes. Was Pompeii preserved to help us better understand life in the Roman Empire? Yes and no. It also was a warning that basically nobody should go and move in right next to a volcano since not the best things happen. And a lot of people did know that that was a very active volcano. Is Edgar Casey's prophecy that eruption of Mount Vesuvius or Mount Pelee will occur prior to, a ma to major disasters on the United States east and west coast contingent on mankind being negative or is it just the Earth's natural behavior? What we can say is that with the changes coming, the Earth will probably be a lot more active. Is a volcanic eruption at Yellowstone likely to occur anytime soon? Unless there is interference. So if people do stay positive about the Earth and giving back, what we can say is that the eruption would be very unlikely. Can offerings or rituals prevent or delay volcanic eruptions? So it is not about the offering or about the ritual, it's about the energy put out. So if people put out positive energy, let's say they go to a volcano and do a ritual, that's putting out positive energy. So we do not recommend that anybody goes to a very active, active volcano and actually goes there. But people even in their homes can bless their food, give things back to the earth, and do small things like planting a tree or even appreciating nature. Are humans just like fleas on a dog with volcanic eruptions and earthquakes occurring just as part of Earth's natural processes? Yes and no. The Earth does have natural processes that are always going to occur. So in a way, we are fleas on a dog. Because if you think about it, those fleas depend on the dog, just like humans rely on the Earth. How can we help protect, uh, how can we help the planet recover from disasters such as Fukushima or Chernobyl? So with these, this is where the technology investment comes into. So if a lot of people put their minds together, there could be a more technological advanced solution to be able to deal with the cleanup and the environment. However, what we want to say about this is that especially with nuclear different waste, is that people don't understand what they are dealing with until there is some kind of spill or one of the power plants actually has an issue. So the technology needs to be put into the correct hands so that it can be used in a positive way to make the cleanups easier. Is the truth about the severity of Fukushima or Chernobyl being kept from us? What we can say is that especially in Chernobyl's case is that there's people who have already moved back there in animals and that science doesn't completely understand the effects of radiation and how it can have more effects on the human body than basically most people realize. Will these recoveries take 10,000s of years? Yes, because the spill zones are so large. And the thing is, is that the plants and animals are adapting to the radiation, which actually in the long run actually makes it more difficult to clean up since the animals and plants eventually spread some of the radiation. So if you think about it, the deer that goes and eats some radioactive grass and then goes and uses the bathroom somewhere else, that radiation can easily spread. What can we do individually to help save the planet? So the first thing is realizing that humans would not be alive without the planet. So a lot of people take the planet for granted, but humans would not be in existence without the planet. Everything from your food, your water, your cell phone, your clothes, every piece comes from the earth. So one is realizing that basically without the earth, humans would not be alive. The second thing is giving back. 
So humans like to go in and put different artificial structures, but also having parks and nature and places that animals and plants can thrive is also very important since these need to be able to exist. At one point, the whole world was nature and there were no concrete structures. And there is more concrete structures without thinking about the environmental effects. We also want to bring up here too, is that giving back. So going out, planting trees, planting different plants for wildlife, even going outside and just making sure there's not trash or different pollution on the ground. What we can say is that if humans keep going in the direction they are, the earth will be a completely different place and humans won't be very happy about the outcome. It's been scientifically said that within the next few years, maybe 50 to 100 years, the rainforest will not even exist. So people need to realize that they're helping themselves since we know a lot of people need to put it in perspective of their individual lives but they are helping themselves by helping the planet. It's not just about that. It's the people that are going around and they go around hugging trees and having to be extremists. It's about doing the small things that if you see a piece of trash to go and pick it up and put it in a garbage can or donate to the Roaring Forest or donate to the wildlife. We also want to emphasize that the oceans that people are drinking, that they wouldn't be there without the oceans, lakes and rivers. And if those get filled with plastic, there won't be much things left to eat and drink. So that's the end of the psychic insight. So I have to ask the question, is the earth responding to how it's been treated by mankind too good to be true? That depends on what you are prepared to believe. Well, that was uh, very interesting, Justine. I heard something this morning on the radio about uh, tree bathing or forest bathing from Japan. So uh, there's a move to better understand and enjoy nature, apparently, that's very topical. So maybe we could talk about that in a future episode. Well, I think the interesting point to take away from this is that we live on the earth and we get everything from the earth, but nobody really understands it. And there's still a lot of other unanswered questions is that we all live here, but there's not been that much exploration, especially in the ocean. So I think that's very interesting. And to go on that point, um, as always, we'd love if you come and interact with us, uh, you can come like and follow our Facebook page. That's too good to be true. And the first um, two is spelled T-W-O, then good, then T-O, and then be true. And we would love to hear from the listeners and hear your perspective about the earth and just see what you think about the psychic insight. Yes, Justina, thanks for the commercial on the Facebook site. Um, I don't really know what to add to that, but uh, um, why don't you close us out? Yeah, of course. Thank you to all the listeners and um, thank you for listening to our show.